0: In this episode, Rose branches out and attempts dating for the first time since the death of her husband, Charlie. We will also be joined by psychiatrist, psychoanalyst, columnist, and television commentator Dr. Gail Saltz to discuss dating later in life. In this episode, Rose is dating Arnie Peterson, who is played by actor Harold Gould. While Harold would go on to be in 13 episodes of The Golden Girls, this would be his only appearance as Arnie. We will meet Harold again when he returns to play Miles, Rose's boyfriend, in episode 6 of season 5. We start out joining Dorothy and Sophia participating in one of their favorite pastimes, playing games. Dorothy is sporting what I can only call a baseball shirt worn by the Rock that was then handed down to her. Today, the game is gin rummy. Dorothy's been losing to her mom for 30 years, and as we see through the seasons, her competitive nature not only comes from Sophia, but is stoked by her. Sophia has the upper hand, though, as it is possible she's been playing gin rummy since it was created, back in 1905, in Brooklyn. Blanche soon comes a-calling, begging Dorothy to join her on a double date as the brother she wants to go out with won't do so without his sibling, which is pretty much a red flag right there. Dorothy passes as she would rather stay home and try to beat her ma at cards. Rose doesn't want to go as she still feels like she's not ready to date after the death of her husband, Charlie. The ladies then discuss prostates and their lack of knowledge around them. The prostate being a small gland located in the male between the bladder and penis, which can be accessed via the booty. It's important to get it checked not only because the urethra goes through it and going to the bathroom can be affected, but starting at 55 years old, you should get it screened for cancer. If your partner has a prostate, talk about it, get comfortable with it, and maybe have some fun with it. If you have a prostate, talk about it, get it checked, and maybe have some fun with it. So the girls head out for their date, and when Blanche returns, Dorothy and Sophia are still playing gin, and Dorothy still hasn't won, and she's, well, pissed. Sophia and Blanche then go into Dorothy's worst features, debating if it's her competitive nature, her ears, or her bony feet. Later in the episode, Blanche asks Dorothy to open a jar because she doesn't want to break a nail. Fun fact about that, B. Arthur actually hated when the writers would throw in these jabs at Dorothy, as she took them to be very personal. Rose eventually gets home from her date, elated, the antithesis of Blanche. For every rave review Rose has for her date, Blanche counters with a lifestyle restriction her date had. While sure, it may be a double standard, whatever, it's always fun when the girls bitch about their dates. Sure, some sitcoms have talked about the husbands being idiots or he doesn't do anything around the house, but the way the girls talk about dating losers is just another reason the show remains relatable, especially to anyone that has ever dated anyone. Rose swoons while Blanche complains about being stuck with Jeffrey, who was on a low-sodium diet, doesn't dance because of his ankles, and so forth. I love that these ladies are annoyed and are wanting more from a partner remembering that just because you're in your 50s doesn't mean you can't be living life. Blanche is certainly still living as she starts to talk about a locker room and is soon caught up in a sweaty tale involving adhesive tape. For more on dating at an older age, we turn to
1: Dr. Gail Saltz. Hi, it's me, Dr. Gail Saltz. I am a clinical associate professor of psychiatry at the New York Presbyterian Hospital. I'm also a psychoanalyst at the New York Psychoanalytic Institute. And I'm also a host of actually two podcasts at this point, uh, Personology with iHeartMedia and a new podcast called How Can I Help? Also with iHeartMedia. I was an expert medical consultant, psychiatric consultant for our time.
0: So have you noticed, especially with websites like our time coming along, that people reaching an older age are starting to date more and not just settle down? Like,
1: I would tell you actually from the data that our time collected, which is now already a few years ago, that in fact, people who were in their 50s, 60s, 70s are more interested in partnership and play and companionship than they are in marriage. They are not so interested in putting a ring on it. They are interested in, they are often interested in a sexual partner but they're really interested in a partner that they can play with and it doesn't mean that they don't want commitment or they don't want monogamy necessarily it means that the legalities of of marriage which you know admittedly are often you know particularly undertaken because you start having a family and you want I mean from a perfectly mercenary and financial Aspect you you know you need to support each other and then pass your whatever to your children. That's all done. That's been done for the people who are in these age groups, and they don't necessarily want that legal entanglement, and they don't really necessarily want to uh, infringe on what they want to do with their probably already previous children. Often is the case, but they do really want someone to be with and share time with and have fun with and feel that they can count on and be along with. Yeah. So almost
0: like the societal expectation was in their first part of life. And then second part of life, they get to do what they want to do.
1: Or it may have been not just a societal expectation, but their expectation and their wish earlier on, absolutely. Or, you know, it may obviously in some cases it may have been societal, but For many different reasons, everything from uh, obviously if they're single again, it could be from widowhood, but it often enough is from divorce. And so things may not, you know, they may not have a lot of good feeling about the institution and the legalities of it. Um, They may have a lot of uh, difficulties left over from however that went down. Uh, they may how they may feel emotionally about it, but also the per the the developmental phase of their life is different, so their goals are different, and that's it makes perfect sense, really. You know, right? Their goal is not to nest and create a family, and their goal may be like, I'm I'm I finished that developmental phase. I'm I'm on to some adventure, some excitement, some play and fun for myself. And that may be the goal if they can. I mean, obviously there are many people for whom, you know, there are such difficult financial constraints or health constraints, et cetera. But yes, I would say that if you have mostly grown children, pretty grown children, the idea that they've hopefully flown the nest, been able to be independent people and your primary role or one of your primary roles isn't necessarily caretaking and, uh, And you may turn back to, what is your role now?
0: Thank you so much for stopping by, Dr. Gail Saltz. We join the ladies, and Sophia mentions how she and her friends are trying to get on the Today Show for their 100th birthday club. While Al Roker continues the tradition to this day, it was Willard Scott, the weatherman on the Today Show in 1983, who started the tradition. A viewer sent in a request, and Willard enjoyed it so much, he continued taking requests. Since then, it has grown into celebrating first birthdays and 75th wedding anniversaries. We're off to the lanai, where Rose is talking about getting serious with Arnie, who she's been seeing since the double date with Blanche. Arnie Peterson, her new beau, is played by actor Harold Gould. While Harold would go on to be in 13 episodes of The Golden Girls, this would be his only appearance as Arnie. We'll meet Harold again when he returns to play Miles, Rose's boyfriend, in episode 6 of season 5 and in multiple episodes following. Rose is clearly stressed out about the relationship, and without being prompted, the girls are at her side. While it's obvious her concern is about Arnie, Dorothy cracks a joke about Rose being upset about Coke changing its flavor. That's because in April of 85, Coke, being in the middle of the oh-so-important cola wars of the 80s, decided that after 100 years of the same recipe, they were going to change it into what was dubbed the New Coke in order to keep ahead of their rival, Pepsi. It totally backfired, and people went absolutely mad, doing everything they could to bring back the old recipe. There were petitions, hotlines, shirts, all in the name of soda. If you want some interesting reads, just Google Gay Mullins Coke, and you will find a plethora of articles about the man that was at the center of the activism and how his tantrum basically brought one of the biggest corporations in the world to its knees. It reminds me a bit of when IHOP tried to do IHOB, Do you recall that, Coco? I sure do. Like two years ago, and IHOP was like, guess what? We have burgers.
2: I I do remember that. And And everyone went crazy. I didn't go crazy, but I was uh, annoyed and alarmed. Outraged? I I didn't know that it was a... Just a marketing thing. I thought they were like, like they were doing like a soft sell on it. Like we might be a burger place if you like it.
0: But was it really? It felt yeah, it did feel like. Do you want to go back to my place? I'm just kidding. Unless you're into it, but we totally can. But I
2: wouldn't ever do that. Or like the proposals where the the girl's like, oh, what are you doing? And the guy's like,
0: (laughs) 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 but didn't they? I thought it was real because didn't they actually change some of the? Didn't they change some of the buildings
2: like? I think so. The signage, at least. Yeah, yeah the signage. I I believe so, yeah. but I, I feel like, well, I don't, I don't know. Hey, you know what? I think they said it was marketing. Send us an email, but it was, but they were really doing like tests. I
0: yeah. Yeah. I think they were dipping their toe, and then when mm-hmm. Twitter exploded, they were like, <laughs> just... "Guys, we're not idiots. We would never." De- People definitely got fired
2: for that. Yeah. Hopefully, Gay Mullins.
0: Rose gets to the real point of her concern, which is that Arnie has invited her to go on a cruise to the Bahamas. She knows that there will be an expectation of intimacy, and it has been since Charlie died, 15 years prior, that she was last in that position. It's really kind of heartbreaking that she's so nervous and doesn't feel safe talking to this guy about her apprehensions before going on the trip. Blanche can't relate, while Dorothy is supportive but also a cheerleader for getting that D. Rose goes on to say that not only has it been since her husband died that she's had sex, but Charlie was the only man she had ever been with. After talking with the girls and they hug, we get excited for Rose and we get an opening credit scene. State rooms in movies and TV shows are so silly. I know if you set one up to be realistic, it would be very small and somewhat unappealing, but this room is outright ridiculous. A roll-top secretary's desk, rocking chair, two nightstands, it's all too much. We can only assume that the day of travel and leisure has been delightful as we join Rose in the room wearing her sexiest pink silk bathrobe. She's anxiously pacing, and again, it's a total bummer she wasn't able to talk to Arnie beforehand and have that open communication so she could fully enjoy the trip and the intimacy, as opposed to stressing about it for all this time. Oh well, we'll have to learn that lesson from her mistakes. Remember, always communicate, guys. Rose lays uncomfortably on the bed as she awaits Arnie's arrival from the bathroom in his sexy blue terrycloth robe. They make small talk, and it is so cringy. The elephant in the room is suffocating. Arnie sexily disrobes to show off his cotton button-up pajamas. Arnie starts with the foreplay by playing a transistor radio, playing Glenn Miller, but also... They're on a cruise, so where is that radio signal coming from? As Rose twaddles nervously about big bands and Charlie, she soon calms down and starts to tell Arnie how much he reminds her of him. Arnie does a great job calling her out and reminding her that he's a different person than Charlie and that she needs to like him for him. As they kiss, Rose scampers off into the bathroom, and Arnie is left with his pajamas and, well, other things that have probably sprung up during their romance. Back at home, the girls are gossiping about Rose, hoping she's getting at it. This prompts a conversation about how long all of them waited to be intimate again after their husbands died, or in Dorothy's case, left. Sophia makes one of the most classic jokes from the series when the question is proposed to Blanche. Sophia cuts her off with, until the paramedics came, without even looking up from her tea. So savage. Blanche shares that it was actually the reverend from George's funeral that she first hooked up with. As sultry as she tells the story, you imagine they had a passionate love affair, but he actually just ghosted her. Dorothy's was the divorce lawyer. Sophia says it's always the divorce lawyer, but numbers show it's only about 7% of lawyers that have affairs with their clients, even though the survey also said 32% of those that were surveyed had a co-worker that was involved with a client. It may sound fun and scandalous, but it can actually damage your case. Lawyer-client privilege only protects you and your lawyer's conversations when they are lawyering, not if you are dating. In fact, if it is found that you are canoodling, your lawyer can be forced by your ex to testify airing all the dirty laundry, ultimately damaging your case. So don't do it. As the ladies talk about their post-breakup hookups, they also talk about aging and their changing bodies, another aspect of the show that still remains so relevant. Yes, we're all about body positivity, but with each changing year and pound, there is something fascinating about watching our bodies change. Dorothy convinces Blanche to look at herself while hanging over a mirror. Blanche is horrified at her loose skin. But when she leans back and looks, she is much more delighted, saying she's going to have to start meeting men lying down, although Sophia and the rest of us were pretty sure that's what she was doing already. Dorothy reminds Blanche that with her face falling back, her boobs do too. Which, as a kid, I didn't really understand the joke. Now, as a 37-year-old woman with boobs far past double Ds, I understand far too well. I've had those moments of hurting myself because my boob got caught under my own arm in my sleep. It's pretty cool. (laughs) We're back in the stateroom, and Rose is still locked in the bathroom. Charlie has changed his clothes, and while it is nice of him to offer to take the other room that was available on the ship— Because that's how cruises work, you can just change rooms mid-trip. It is also a bit like, we don't have to talk about our feelings, I can just leave and we'll never speak of this again. Very boomer feeling. He does beg her to let him in, though, so that he can grab his antihistamine. In what's not really an oh boy, but dated and unfortunate nonetheless, Rose finally reveals herself from the bathroom and is covering her face. She doesn't want Arnie to see her because she was crying and therefore must look terrible. Yikes. Emotions are okay, ladies and gentlemen. Everyone needs to, and should, and does, cry. Finally safe in Arnie's arms and willing to open up, Rose shares her apprehension in staying with him. Except him being the first man since Charlie isn't the only bomb. Before we can go into more detail about why she's scared to sleep with him, he does that thing we all do where we relate someone's stress to our own. Arnie didn't take much time after the passing of his wife— He then gives us an oh boy filled monologue about not only being able to do it whenever and with whomever because he's a man, but that he never really cheated on his wife saying, sure, I looked, I enjoyed, I patted a few bottoms, but that was it. I guess that was his romantic way of not only coming out as a sexual harasser, but loyal husband While Arnie doesn't tell us how long it's been, he shares that his wife died after 34 years of marriage due to a drunk driver hitting her. This episode aired in 1985, but in 1986, the death rate of drunk driving accidents jumped up 7% after an 11% decline from 1982 to 1985. Arnie gives us another oh boy by kind of passing the guilt his kids put on him to get back out there by saying, I wonder what Charlie would say to Rose like he was using Charlie to convince her to sleep with him. It's very yucky. Rose drops the second bomb by telling Arnie she might kill him if they have sex. That's because when Charlie had his heart attack, they were making whoopee. That isn't totally unheard of, but it is rare. Of the 4,500 people in Portland that died from heart attack in 2017, only 34 of them had had sex within an hour of the cardiac event. More upsetting was that only one-third of the partners that witnessed the heart attack attempted CPR. So get that training, people. You never know when you might bone someone to death. A fun fact about this one, this happened in my own family. My Grammy was 83 years old when she passed away in 2002 after a few days in the hospital with congestive heart failure. Eventually, Grampy pulled my mom aside to say he had been experiencing severe guilt surrounding her death as they had had sex the morning of her heart failure. So there you have it, folks. As much as I don't want to think about my 80-year-old grandparents going to town, I can't help but to think it had something to do with Grampy living to be 99. So good for you. After Rose has shared her fears, Arnie laughs it off and assures her he is in good health and is good to go. He undoes some of his oh boys by telling her, hey, it's your body, your choice, I just want to hang out. They caress on the bed and it's a sweet, vulnerable moment. Back at the house, Sophia is up to her old shenanigans by trying to lure Dorothy to play gin with her. When Dorothy doesn't want to, Sophia opens up with her about the real reasoning as to why she wants to play. It's that it allows for her and Dorothy to have some of their more special and candid conversations. I actually thought of this scene the other day when my mom and I were joking about how she and my dad had to raise my brother and I in a one-bathroom house. She said there would be times when one of us would be putting on makeup and the other would be brushing their teeth and we would just talk and talk about everything. I wouldn't have traded it for the world. And I'm going to try to not cry. Once Dorothy knows that that is why Sophia wants to play, she's no longer concerned about winning, just the time they get to spend together and the stories they share. Like the time Sophia's sister went skinny dipping with Charles Boyer, a famous and very handsome actor that was around at the start of Motion Pictures. While the girls anxiously await to hear if Rose and Arnie slept together, Dorothy gives a pep talk that they should mind their own business and respect Rose's privacy if she doesn't want to talk about it. The second Rose is in the door, Sophia asks if they played Hide the Cannoli, the question we all want to know the answer to. Rose doesn't get the joke, so she goes on and on about her trip and all the activities they did. As Rose twaddles on, Dorothy loses her cool and stands up to scream, Did you and Arnie hit the sheets or not? When Blanche shares she slept with a bunch of guys in college just for the stories, Dorothy remarks she must have more stories than writer O. Henry who had a collection of 600 short stories. So maybe? Not wanting to force their friend to kiss and tell, the girls set up a way for Rose to tell without telling them by leaving the room and coming back. She is glowing and happy and feels like she gets to keep living her life, even though a different chapter has closed. Blanche offers to help her unpack and to get the dirty details, while Sophia and Dorothy get back to cards and sharing stories. So play those games, share your stories, keep living life, Age doesn't matter. Chapters closing don't matter. Everything is always changing, so let's keep on enjoying it while we can before we hopefully die peacefully from a post-great-sex heart attack. Until the next episode, thank you for being a friend. Today's love letter to the girls is from my dear friend, Mel Ortiz. She's not only an awesome singer and dancer, but a podcast host herself. She hosts the hilarious and informative Miss Heard Song Lyrics Podcast, where she takes a famous song with an infamous lyric and shares the history of the song. Here's her submission for her favorite Golden Girls moment. To have yours shared, email your favorite moment or memory of watching the show to alwaysbemysisters at gmail.com. Mel says, My favorite Gigi memory is from the episode called It's a Miserable Life. I saw this for the first time with my mom, originally in 1986. I was 14 then, and we died when they had that famous line of the P isn't silent with Pfeiffer. And Sophia says, would you like this punch in your face?" Such great writing, and we couldn't stop giggling. Anytime my mom and I would meet someone with the last name of Pfeiffer, we would always say that line to each other. Thank you so much for sharing, Mel, and remember to check out her podcast, Miss Heard Song Lyrics. If you're wanting a Golden Girls themed party, then you must check out the goodies at Prime Party on Etsy. You can get cupcake wrappers, napkins, champagne bottle covers, pin the glasses on Sophia, and my personal favorite, a dozen roses. What's that? Well, it's large cutouts of rose that you can use to decorate someone's yard with roses, perfect for birthdays, anniversaries, or just because you miss people during quarantine. So visit etsy.com slash shop slash prime party for all your golden girl party needs. Who is played by actor, Actored. heavens. Arnie Peterson, who is played by actor Harold Gould. Gould. (laughs) Am I bad at this? Yeah. In this episode, Rose is dating Arnie Peterson, who is played by actor Harold Gould.
2: Did you ever have um, Crystal Pepsi? I did. I love Crystal Pepsi.
0: It was it hurt your brain. It was like when you think you're drinking oh, water, yeah. but it's milk or My soda or something. My sister
2: was obsessed with Crystal Pepsi. It's we so had cool. So many, so many bottles of Crystal Pepsi. Was... I
0: feel like it must have been healthier, right? Because you didn't have any dyes or...
2: Yeah, I guess.
0: Food colorings or whatever. I Maybe mean, it was
2: far, far worse. Far worse because <laughs> we had to take out the natural <laughs> yes. colors. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> to make it clear, we had to poison you.
0: She must have slept with more... I can't read and I can't talk. This is a terrible idea. Always Be My Sisters is written, hosted, and created by Alicia Holland. Produced and edited by Josh McCullough. Always Be My Sisters is a Cascade Media production. You'll always be my sister!